That should get us excited, shouldn't it? We should be running an aisle today. No amen on that one. Come on, church! Good. I had to close this door because the sun's blaring in my eyes, and I don't want to be distracted. I got this like this ADHD stuff, and you know, if I get see something on the side, I take off and I I might get lost. I'm going to get lost. I've been lost before. That was an amen. I heard that one. Give <laughs> an amen on that one. Come on, that way. Don't get excited. I know where you live, boy. <laughs> Well, can you believe it? We've been in this pillar series now for eight weeks, counting today. And today is the last one in this series. I know that there are many more things that we need in our lives to make 2018 a great year that we can talk about in messages from now until God comes. And I encourage each of us as we seek out these important pillars as we read God's word in our times of devotion and as God reveals them to you and to me. And if you find something of importance as you read like another pillar, I want you to share it at some point with someone so we can all learn of these things that we learn in our devotion time. For I truly believe today with all my heart, that God wants to do great and mighty things in us, through us, and for us as we trust Him and as we obey Him fully in every area of our lives and every ministry here in His church. So if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to Colossians. And I'm going to read out of the New American Standard Bible this morning. This is the closest translation we have to the original text of Colossians in the whole Bible. Um, this is the New American Standard, and so I'm going to do that this morning. Colossians chapter 2. Now let's see if we can see what God wants to say to us this morning. Colossians chapter 2. Only two verses. I believe they're going to be on the screen if they're not already. Verses 6 and 7. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Having been firmly rooted and now been let me start again. Having been firmly rooted and now being built up in him and established in your faith, just as you instructed. And overjoyed with gratitude. Anybody get it? Everybody think they might not might know what it is? Did you put it up there? No, he hasn't put it up there. Okay. <laughs> oh, he did now. <laughs> no, it's gone. Okay. Well, it's a pillar of gratitude this morning. There it is. Good job, Zach. What is gratitude? According to Webster's Dictionary, gratitude is a quality of, or feeling of being grateful or thankful. I think we would all agree this morning that we have so much to be grateful for in this life each and every day. Oh, there's those amens. But reality is that sometimes this life that we live does have 
many demands on us. And we do have struggles and concerns and we that give more room to defeat than a heart of gratitude. Or we forget in the midst of the busyness of life and the pressures that we face just to pause and give thanks for all that God has done for us and to continue to do in our lives. And if we're honest today, sometimes it really is a sacrifice to praise and give thanks to God, for sometimes we may not feel like it. I'm sure there's people all over the world today who don't feel like praising God. Maybe we're struggling with something. Maybe we're tired. Maybe we're... You fill in the blank there. Or maybe we feel like God has let us down. We think God is very distant, like he's far away. He doesn't really care about what's troubling us in our lives. The painful life blows that we go and the losses might have recently set us spiraling downward in our lives. But here's what can make a lasting difference in our lives. We all here this morning have a choice each and every day to give thanks to God. And with a heart and a life of thanksgiving, we realize that no matter what we face, God doesn't just work to change our situations and help us through our problems. God sometimes takes us into troubled waters, not to drown us, but to cleanse us. So he can change our hearts, so he can change our mind, and he can change our very lives. When we use the power that is given us by the Holy Spirit, we are strengthened by His love and refueled by His joy. And I hope and pray as we read God's Word every day that we will see that it is filled with many reminders of how powerful and that having a thankful heart can be in this world in which we live in. When we are grateful people, it gets our eyes off of ourselves and helps us to focus back onto God. All through the Old Testament we see where the prophets were constantly telling the people, return to the Lord your God, for He is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. There seems to be distractions everywhere we turn, isn't there? Everything, everything seems to make us go, go, go and keeps us preoccupied. This job, this world's job is to turn our hearts away from God. But in Hebrews 3, it tells us, therefore, holy brothers and sisters, that's you and I, who share in the heavenly calling, keep your focus on Jesus whom we acknowledge as our apostle and high priest. When we are grateful people, it reminds us that we are not in control. But that's, what, that's why we serve a mighty God who is in control. It keeps us in a place of humility and dependency upon Him as we recognize how much we need Him. When we are grateful people, it helps us to recognize we have so much to be thankful for. Even in the little things which often we sometimes forget to thank God for. But they really are the biggest and most important things in this life. It takes our attention off of our problems 
and helps us instead to reflect on, to remember the many blessings He has given us. When we're a grateful people, it reminds us that God is a giver of all good things. We were never intended to be fully self-sufficient in this life. A grateful heart reminds us that ultimately God is our provider. And that all the blessings, all the gifts are given to us by Him. When we're a grateful people, we have a heart of gratitude and it leaves no room for complaining. No way ends on that one. For it's impossible to be truly thankful and filled with negativity and gratefulness at the same time. When we are a grateful people, it makes Satan flee. The forces of darkness can't stand, stand to be around us when we give thanks and when we honor God. Our praise and our thanksgiving will make him flee. When we are a grateful people, it opens the door for continual blessings. It invites his presence into every area of our lives. Our spirits are refreshed and renewed in Him when we are a grateful people. God loves to give good gifts to His children. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7 that God will give His children what? Good gifts if we ask Him. He delights in our thankfulness and He pours out His Spirit and favor over those who give honor and gratitude to Him. And so as we wrap up this series today, what in the world do we have to be grateful for? We're grateful for hope. Knowing that our hope is in Jesus, and it's a confident hope. Remember when Job said, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. Job didn't know what his final outcome was going to be as he was sitting there with his friends. But whatever it was, Job's hope was in God and not his situation. Paul says in 1 Timothy that Christ is our hope. What in the world do we have to be grateful for? Joy. Mm. Remember, Robert Louis Stevenson said, to miss joy is to miss everything. We all know that joy is when we have had that inward peace that God gives us. We can say today, yes, we might have pain in our lives. Yes, we have trials in this life. Yes, we might be facing some difficulties. But through it all, through it all, we have joy. When we turn our doubts into trust, our complaining into confidence, from being in the valley to being on the mountain, because the joy of the Lord is our strength. What in the world do we have to be grateful for? Obedience. God is looking for people who want to be obedient to Him. Teacher Bonhoeffer once said, it is only through obedience that you can come to learn the truth. And if we would begin with Genesis chapter 2, we would see that what God wants for His children is to obey Him. Partially. Once a week. Only on Sundays. That'll make everybody happy, right? 
fully here. Yes, you're right. God wants his children to obey him fully, not a partial obedience in every area of our lives. And when we're obedient to him in every area of our lives, the Bible tells us that he will open the floodgates of heaven. And what? He will pour down blessings upon us. How much until it overflows? What in the world do we have to be grateful for? God's amazing grace. God's unmerited favor. God's grace is enough and will always be enough because he will never stop loving us. And his grace is an outpouring of his love to each one of us. God's grace did for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. God's grace gives us salvation in Jesus Christ. It gives us a newness of life. His grace gives us intimacy with our Heavenly Father. And aren't you glad today for God's amazing grace? For we have to be grateful for the change that He makes in us. The change in the way that we think. Remember how we used to think before Jesus came into our heart and into our lives? The way we live our lives. Ephesians says, Ephesians 5 says, be careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And once we allow change to take place, then those that we associate with at work, at school, in the home, at the post office, will see something different in us. And last, I want what he has. I want what she has. What in the world do we have to be grateful for? God's unconditional love. We're told in Romans 3 that we've all fallen short of God's glory. And because we have fallen short, our loving Heavenly Father has made a way to help us by sending His one and only Son to die on a cross in our place. And the great news is that because God loves us so much, God's love changes everything. And when we accept the love of God, we can live today fully and abundant lives. We don't have to wait till we get to heaven. We can do it right now. What in the world do we have to be grateful for? God's forgiveness. The one thing that can heal the broken home. The one thing that can take away pain, hurt, and bitterness. The one thing that can help us deal with the frustrations that will cripple a family. God's forgiveness. Forgiveness allows us to be what God desires us to be. In Matthew chapter 11, Jesus says, Listen to me. And in the NIV, there is an exclamation point after that. It's not a period, it's not a question. He says, Listen to me. You can pray for anything, and if you believe, you will have it. But when you are praying first, forgive anyone you are holding a grudge against. So that your Father in Heaven will forgive your sins too. 
When we forgive someone for whatever they've done to us, it allows us to be clean and pure and holy. We sure do have these reasons and many other reasons to be grateful and thankful, don't we? So let's live our lives today, tomorrow, differently than the world does. Is it easy? No. Is it worth it? Yes. Definitely. Because one of these days, God's going to call our number and say, it's time to come home. But until that day, we must have hope. We must have joy. We must be obedient. We must accept the grace that he has for us. We must change who we are. We must love. And we must forgive. That's right. Zach, would you play it?